$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Emily Hikati, who is the founder and CEO of Petite Plume. And it is this incredible, incredible brand. If you are not familiar with it, you have to get familiar with it. Emily is designing sleepwear fit for royalty, quite literally. She launched in 2015 and has been picked up by major retailers, including Neiman Marcus, Bergdorf Goodman, J. Crew, and obviously online too, but many, 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 many beautiful pieces in her collection. So before she dreamt of the coziest sleep essentials that you can even imagine, she lived a drastically different life. For almost 15 years, she lived and worked around East Africa and the Middle East, focused on counterterrorism as a member of the CIA. So wild. And while Hikati certainly loved her position in the CIA, it took a near-death situation for her to completely reevaluate her life. So I can't wait to speak with Emily about her journey, including all of her entrepreneurial experience to date in building Petite Plume. So very excited to have you here, Emily. Thank you, Kara. I'm so excited to be here. I'm such a fan. And everything that you've done and achieved is really remarkable and inspirational. Super, super thrilled. So let's start by sharing. So what is Petite Plume? How do you describe it to people? Petite Plume is classic, timeless luxury sleepwear, and we very proudly make it without chemicals. Heirloom quality, something sort of reminiscent of a bygone era. It isn't trendy. It's much more 
you know, it's something that you can pass down, something you might have worn 50 years ago, 20 years ago. You know, when I was a little girl, my grandmother used to give us pajamas every Christmas, you know, the very classic nightgowns with the ruffles and whatnot. And it seemed like that had gone out of style. And when I was looking at that for my own kids, you couldn't find it. So that was the the inspiration right there. That's amazing. And so just while we're on the topic, so what was the founding story? Like what made you kind of think about, I'm going to go do sleepwear? So, you know, it was it was a very interesting career, obviously, that I had before. Um, I was specializing in counterterrorism. I would often travel away. I'd leave my little kids at home and I would go to faraway places on um, operations. And it was one mission. I was on a plane in a storm and the plane went out of control and it started heading toward the water. And as it was spinning sideways and the lights went out and people were screaming, all I could see were the faces of my three little boys. And one of them wasn't even a year old yet. And at that moment, I guess it's what Oprah would call an aha moment. I realized I've given a lot for my country and I think my kids needed me more. And at that time, I already had a list of business ideas and thought things I thought I could do if the time ever came to launch a business. Uh Well, there's never a right time to launch a business, certainly not when you have a full-time job and three little kids at home. But that was a wake-up call that maybe there's never a good time. Uh So I launched Petite Plume in the middle of all of that after the kids went to bed or early in the morning and just sort of started right away the journey. And it's been quite the journey. That's wild. Did you have any connections with people who were actually doing the fabrics that you wanted and the process you wanted? Or how did you know about this? Nothing, nothing. Nothing. I had no connections. I hadn't been to business school. I, you know, I, I think I got on Alibaba and started looking at factories in various locations. I was looking at factories in India, factories in Portugal, factories, and I was requesting samples and price points. And what I didn't realize early on was that you can't, so Petit Plume launched as a luxury children's pajama company. And what I didn't realize is that they have to be inherently flame retardant. There's a law with the CPSC that children's pajamas have to be able to sustain a direct flame for three seconds without igniting. So 100% cotton pajamas are legal in the US without being dipped in chemicals. And you don't have to put chemicals on the label. You just have to put the fabric. Hmm. And we were not going to use chemicals. We developed a fabric that is the highest quality cotton blended with an inherently flame retardant fiber Think of a tweaked wool. And we put that into production. The first facility that we developed it in was an actual fireman's uniform facility. Um, Again, they had the specialty in these materials. And then we perfected it to make it soft and breathable and something that you would want to put your children in. Wow. And when did you actually decide to go into adult? A couple of years later, our customers actually reached out and said, please, your quality is so amazing. Would you please, you know, produce adult pajamas too, which is so much easier from that perspective. Uh, we do hundred percent cotton in our adult sleepwear across the board and it's, you know, less sizing to the yeah. skew number. Yeah. When I think about it, we definitely went into the most difficult, difficult sector of the market where everybody else was probably too smart to touch it because all of our kids' pajamas 
from are from six months all the way to age 14, which is 12 SKUs for every single set of kids' pajamas. Whereas now when you introduce the adults, it's five SKUs and it's 100% cotton. With our kids, you have to test every bolt of fabric before it's imported to ensure that it meets all of the CPSC standards. So yes, adults loved it. Um, now we actually sell more adults than we do kids' wear. And our men's pajamas have grown 800% in the last year. Uh, GQ called it the best men's pajamas on the market. So it's really taken off from that perspective as well. How did you get the word out about Petite Plume? I guess you got it into a store. I'm so curious what the process was. So once you actually got some prototypes made and like, how did you get people? You've got an amazing list of, you know, who's who that is wearing it. Did that just happen by accident or how share the process that you went through? Yes. So I think we're very lucky because I think people have really cute kids yeah, and they like to take pictures of their horrible kids in little pajamas, matching, whatnot. So I think from the start, it took off before I really even knew what Instagram was. So, you know, I'm la- I launched the company from East Africa, where if you think it's difficult to launch a company, try doing it from East Africa, where, you know, you get, we had an antenna shooting up from our house that brought us internet. And on a day when the wind blew extra hard, suddenly the internet would go down or the internet would go down for a week because a ship had, a ship's anchor had cut the under undersea cord um, cable. And so it was all these different challenges. But I remember launching, it was May 4th, 2015, and the site went live on Shopify. And it was like, okay, there it is. And I just thought people would find it. I think part of it was like, here we go. And we started to go out to the stores. And we were very lucky that one store in Cape Cod um, said, hey, I just found these kids' pajamas. They're really special. They're very good quality. She told, the owner told a sales rep about it who happened to be the sales rep in Atlanta for luxury children's pajama, uh, clothing. Uh-huh. And that sort of started it. And in the first year, we were in over 200 stores. Wow, that's amazing. And that was a lucky turn of events. And then once you're in the stores, people are buying them. They hadn't heard of them. There's a real discovery process. And then most importantly, people are taking pictures of their kids at the holidays, matching, they're posting them. I think people are much more eager to post pictures maybe of their kids than they are of themselves in the pajamas um, on okay. So we just started spreading like wildfire and we got a real celebrity following right off the bat. Almost immediately. That's incredible. So prior to this, you touched on this, but you were a CIA officer how did you start that career? And did you always think like maybe one day you might be an entrepreneur? No, no. <laughs> I, I honestly think I said well, <laughs> that was if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be CEO of a, a sleepwear company, I would not have believed you. I think um, I was in it for a long time and it was exciting. I thought I think I was in to make a difference. Yeah, I think I wanted to lead an impactful life. And I think certainly after 9-11, you know, I think we had a really big mission. Uh, we really were working our tails off to try to protect America from any future threats. That was our number one priority. And I think a lot of us worked a really long hours around the clock in really austere conditions to make that happen. And I think when you're young and you're in your 20s, I, I think you know, we're invincible, we have, you know, we're fearless. And it sort of, I sort of continued that way. And I spoke four different languages fluently. 
And so it was something that was exciting. And we were moving countries every few years. And I was traveling around the world and I was meeting with very interesting people, some of whom were dangerous. And it didn't strike me, I think, until I started having children where you realize that there is this vulnerability, especially when your plane is careening sideways and you have three little people hoping that you're going to come home that night. And that sort of brought it all home that I have done a lot in that area. And I started to think that there were other avenues to explore. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible to sort of imagine. Is there anything that you took away from that experience as an agent to founding and leading a company? I think that it's interesting because I think that success in one career often translates to success in another. And I think resilience is absolutely critical in success in any career and in life. I think relationships, I think hard work, and I think hustle. I think Absolutely. Those are the keys to success in being a a CIA officer. And it's absolutely the keys to success in being the CEO. You know, it's remarkable how much relationships can also impact your career in both areas. You know, whether it's with who you're meeting with, whether it's, you know, who you're working with, it's your team, who you're setting yourself up with is really setting yourself up for success as well. Looking for a good business book filled with the right amount of learning that is also entertaining? Finding the Way, An Entrepreneur's Tale is just that. It's a fictional account that explores the entrepreneur's journey with many valuable lessons to take away. The author, Cap Traeger, is a serial entrepreneur who's built businesses in multiple industries, invested in dozens of early stage ventures, and you can tell he really has seen it all. He covers things like the importance of mentorship and having a purpose. He also shares how to put together the right team. And finally, the importance of creating a customer-driven business model from the start and getting to really understand your customer too. All of these things written in a very digestible way, exactly what the reader is looking for. Start your new year off right by grabbing a copy of Finding the Way, Whether you're thinking about starting a company like Hint Water or another company like Facebook, Finding the Way will have you inspired to go and do it. Take the first step on your entrepreneurial journey by picking up a copy today. Finding the Way, An Entrepreneur's Tale is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and anywhere books are sold. I feel like, too, you walked into situations probably uh, that you didn't sort of know everything, right? And so you were not afraid to kind of, you know, as I always say, not be the most knowledgeable in the room that you would listen and you would try and figure it out. So from that skill standpoint, I would imagine that was like super, super helpful because I think that's the story of being a founder and also running a company that you don't know what you don't know and uh, you have to be able to pivot. Um, You have to be able to sort of watch for different signs that sort of say, I need to turn the other way. You absolutely nailed it. It's, it is, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, every morning you wake up and you're not sure what you're going to meet that day, what challenges, what's going to happen. And I think that is especially true when you're also a CIA officer. You don't know what is going to meet you on the other side of the door when you walk into a meeting or when you're doing, you know, certain aspects of the job. I think being able to think on your feet, being able to pivot, being able to, Um, assess the situation and do risk management is absolutely critical in both careers. When we were starting Hint, 
people always said to me, we were not only starting a brand new company, but an entirely new category, which was called unsweetened flavored water. And so when we would talk to buyers, they would say, you're the only one doing this right now. I mean, if people really wanted it, wouldn't the big guys do it? We were really focused on quality. We use real fruit in the product. Um, There were lots of reasons why some of the big soda companies weren't doing it and still aren't doing it well. But when I look at sort of your category overall, you guys have such beautiful products, beautiful designs, as well as fabrics. What do you think about when you think about competition? I mean, do you worry about competition? Do you, what do you focus on? You know, I think that I've built this company to make sure that it is really special heirloom quality using real fabrics, real fibers. You know, I think that I've had my head down really trying hard to figure out exactly where we're going. And I think that's that's something I'm really proud of. And I think when you look at the competition, a lot of the competition is using, you know, spandex or polyester or the blends. And that's something we're dedicated not um, to not doing. And I'm really proud of that. And it's also, we have these classic styles right now. We're the leading company for family sleepwear in the country. So we do these classic styles that work for everyone. We're, you know, for bridal parties, we can outfit the ring bearer and the, you know, all the way up to the mother of the bride, the father of the bride. So we sort of are that company that fits for the whole family and in just in these classic styles. So I think we've sort of been lucky in that the results have really paid off. Yeah, definitely. I found that, you know, when we did have competition, what was interesting is they may go try the competition and then they come back to us because we focused on what we were doing and what we could Mm -hmm. control. Mm -hmm. I think that if you're just focused on doing the very best quality and we're in a good position that, you know, we are still 100% founder owned, nobody's pressuring us for more profit margins and cutting corners. I think that our single focus has been using yarn dyed fabric, using all of these, you know, top of the line to, you know, maximize the product and we aren't being pressured otherwise. And I think that's also a gift. So we've, just like you said, we have our head down, we're doing the very best quality we can. And I think that speaks volumes. Huge. So what was the big surprise when you really started kind of trying to create this line, but also, you know, create your company? You're obviously very intelligent, but intelligent people can start companies, but they may not know all the ins and outs of the businesses. But what was really surprising to you? I think the surprising part to me was, I think when I started it, I thought that being an entrepreneur and running your own company would be less stressful than working with terrorists. Uh-huh. Interesting. And I think that when you look at the, the when you look at the operational side of what I was doing before, it was very stressful with meetings or going on an operation. And then you would go back and you would write up what happened and tedious government style docs that, you know, you're you were not as stressed when you were doing that because the event itself was over. And I think that when you are the an entrepreneur launching your own company, I think it's every day there's a new twist. Every day there's a new challenge. Every day there's, you know, especially early on, I think you're sprinting. You're just starting a company. You know, you are responding to things that used to stress me out. Maybe a nightgown came in and it was three centimeters off its measurements or four centimeters. And I, this isn't what we ordered you get into the company and you realize it's a marathon, not a sprint. 
you know, um, challenges with fulfillment centers, challenges with financing. Um, growth takes capital. And I think that's something that's surprising because for a long time, I wondered what I was doing wrong. Our company was growing. We were doubling every year and there was no money. There was no money. It was like, where, you know, where, where does this happen? What am I doing so wrong? And I actually remember listening to the, how I built this podcast by Kate Spade. And she was in the same thing. Her, her first um, bags were in Bergdorf and Barney's and all of her credit cards were maxed out. And she said, what am I doing wrong? But as you know, as everyone knows, growth takes capital. If you are have a, a million dollars in revenue and it takes you five hundred thousand to get there, and you walk away with five hundred in theory, then if you're going to have a company worth two million, you're going to need a million to get there, and you're five hundred thousand dollars short. So you're already just scrambling. And as your company continues to grow, you know what, what secret am I missing? And so you have to go out and get bigger and bigger loans as the company gets bigger and bigger right off the bat. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think that is the story of every entrepreneur in all different categories. I think it's it's so, so true. I mean, it's way more expensive than you ever thought it was going to be to build and mm-hmm. takes a lot longer than I think anybody ever thinks to do what you want to do. So yeah, it felt a little lonely. I was launching it from Africa and I didn't know anybody else running their own company. I, I thought, it felt like I was the only one going through some of these challenges. And I remember going to the first trade show in New York. I went to the one at the Javits Center, the ENK Children's Show. And it was amazing because the contacts that I made, the people who were going through the same struggles, the same processes. Uh, and that opened, like a light went, a light bulb went off on that one because I didn't have to do it all myself. I started talking to people. I started learning. I started asking questions, saying, you know, how do we do this? finding out from others what really, you know, depending on what the problem was to make sure that I could either learn from it and not do the same thing or go down the same path or make the same mistakes that others had made. Yeah, definitely. So there's a real gift to listening. Yeah. I think there's a real gift to listening. Sorry, no, 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 but no. I, I think that another takeaway from the former career is that it is so much about asking the right questions, listening, learning, I mean, instead of having to go down that path yourself. Yeah. And I think that the asking questions and listening and learning aspect is so key when you're trying to do something different in an industry and actually change things up. Because I went in thinking that hiring people who were experienced, that had been in this industry before, they're going to be my magic bullet to be able to grow. And I think that, you know, thinking differently really takes somebody who has a different lens that is obviously smart, but has a different lens and who is willing to ask the questions and not be the most knowledgeable person in in the room. And to your point, also, it can be lonely, right? Because maybe you weren't used to being that person in your previous life. You know, when I was jumping from the tech industry into the beverage industry, I knew nothing. I didn't even know how to produce this product at all. And I think it was, um, you know, it was very humbling. Um, But also, I sort of loved it that you know, nobody knew who I was. And they just were like, okay, she's asking a lot of crazy questions that if she actually knew this industry, maybe she wouldn't be. But um, I was a quick study and and I know you are as well. So, but I love, love, love your story so much. So if people have ideas for products, what kind of words of advice would you say if they're 
thinking about, you know, maybe they've got an idea for a company and, you know, they're just too nervous to actually start it. They're like, I don't know where to begin. Like, what would be sort of your words of wisdom? I would absolutely tell them that there is never the right time. There's never the perfect time to start a company. Who has, you know, that that perfect moment where I, somebody once told me early on, they said I was doing it 100% wrong, that I should have gone to trade shows, I should have done all of that. But I think what is accurate, Who somebody said that an entrepreneur is someone that jumps off a cliff and builds the plane on the way down. And I, I do believe that's true because you see a gap, you're running toward it, the goal. I didn't have time to start going to trade shows. I had small children. I had a full-time job. I had, there was so much life happening, but I started it. And even if it was only a few hours a day, uh, when I could, it started, and then it started to pick up and it started to pick up to a point where then I could, you know, resign from my day job and just focus full-time on the company. And I think that's, you know, something, even if it's just starting with an hour a day, start researching your idea, start trademarking it. I think every little bit you do, I mean, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. I think until you take that step, you won't know. Absolutely. So last question, best advice that you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received. Um, You know, recently I was reflecting on some of the, the last 10 years. And I think the best advice I received was, doesn't matter what you're doing, doesn't matter how busy you are, doesn't matter if you're going in six different directions, I would recommend or my advice is slow down and enjoy the journey. You know, I think that for me, oftentimes, I I remember thinking, if I can just make it through this assignment, if I can just wait until this summer, if I can just do this next goal, everybody's moving toward that goal. And the meantime, you know, there's that moment in time that you only get once. And I think there's something really remarkable about stopping to enjoy the journey along the way. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Emily. I loved all your insights and wisdom and we'll have in the show notes exactly where to get Petite Plume and learn more about Emily as well. But I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much, Kara. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. Please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey, including Before we founding sign off, I want to talk to you about We are here every Monday, People Wednesday, like to talk about Friday. Thanks everyone for but listening. Achieving Have a big great rest isn't of about the week and goodbye. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.